Shalom, shalom, and welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end using the original languages as a guide. Today we are in Leviticus chapter 18, reading from the New King James Version Bible. Father God, please teach us your truth and just open our eyes and heart to your truth. Then Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, I am Yahweh your Elohim, I am the Lord your God, is what it translates. But it's Yahweh your Elohim in Hebrew. According to the doings of the land of Egypt, where you dwell, you shall not do. And according to the doings of the land of Canaan, where I am bringing you, you shall not do, nor shall you walk in their ordinances. Now remember, the word Egypt is one of the two Hebrew words that are always dual purpose. The other word is water. The word for water in Hebrew is mayim, and it never is singular. And the word for Egypt is mitzrayim, and it's never singular. So Egypt is always symbolic of a place of sin, the place where we're in bondage to sin, as well as the physical land of Egypt. And if you remember, well, when we get to Isaiah, you probably don't remember if you haven't written, reddened it yet, but when we get to Isaiah, it's going to talk a lot about Egypt. And you can see America is the end time prophetic Egypt, the land on which Israel rests for help, but which crumbles actually under the, the, the um, when needed. It's not actually the strength. It's, it's, it's a reed that breaks. And so America has been the crutch on which Israel has leaned for help, and we have not given her the help she needs, not true help. And so just remember that as we're reading this, it doesn't just apply to then. Right now, whenever we've been saved, from whatever position in life we were in, wherever we were at in the world, God saved us from a form of Egypt, the bondage to sin. And we are not to learn the ways of those places and those people, the people that are still trapped in sin. We are to be separate and holy and come out. And remember, we've read many, many, many verses that these law, we just read it last chapter. This law is for any Gentile or the blood Israelites. And he often consolidates it and just talks about the Israelites. But he says also for any Gentile that lives among you. Okay, so let's keep going. Verse 4. You shall observe my judgments and keep my ordinances to walk in them. I am Yahweh your Elohim. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. I am Yahweh. Doesn't sound like a bad thing, does it? None of you shall approach anyone who is near of kin to him to uncover his nakedness. I am Yahweh. So this is talking about incest. <laughs> so this chapter might seem a little little weird to some of us, but you know what? We're reading through and this is good because it teaches us some things that we shouldn't do. <laughs> I'm sure some people probably think is okay, but it's not. Okay, verse 7. The nakedness of your father or the nakedness of your mother you shall not uncover. She's your mother. You shall not uncover her nakedness. There's something in us that just usually if we're normal and have the whole, like have some form of Holy Spirit, we're going to kind of know that. That's gross. <laughs> the nakedness of your father's wife you shall not uncover. It's your father's nakedness. So you don't take your stepmom. Seems like a duh, but we do have, God had to tell us because there are some stupid people out there. The nakedness, nakedness of your sister, the daughter of your father, or the daughter of your mother, whether born at home or elsewhere, their nakedness you shall not uncover. So don't be with your siblings. The nakedness of your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter, so your grandchildren, their nakedness you shall not uncover, for theirs is your own nakedness. Is Right? <laughs> the nakedness of your father's wife's daughter, so your father's, wife's daughter your father's wife's daughter because <laughs> it's still related to you from your father okay so if this is if your father had multiple wives so it wasn't your mother but it was your father's daughter from a different 
woman, so your stepsister, so to speak, or your half-sister. Begotten by your father, she is your sister. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's sister. She's near of kin to you, so it's your aunt. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sisters, for she is near of kin to you, again, your aunt. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's brother, your uncle. You shall not approach his wife. She is your aunt. You shall not uncover... I'm sorry, I itch here. Those on the video are seeing me. <laughs> you shall not uncover the nakedness of your daughter's-in-law. She is your son's wife. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your brother's wife. It is your brother's nakedness. Now, I want to point out here. Do you remember John the Baptist when he was beheaded? Why was he beheaded? Because he told Herod that he could not have his brother's wife, right? Because his brother's wife was now Herod's wife. Herod had taken him. And so for that, he hated John and sought an opportunity to kill him. So John the Baptist, for preaching right here from Leviticus 18, the commandments of God, was killed. Many people don't make that connection, so I want to point it out. Verse 17, you shall not uncover the nakedness of a woman and her daughter, nor shall you take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. They are near of kin to you. It is wickedness. Nor shall you take a woman as a rival to her sister to uncover her nakedness while the other is alive. Now, remember, the Bible does allow for multiple wives, but they can't be siblings. And the Bible also says, Okay, so even though it's allowed, it says all things in the New Testament, it says all things are lawful for me, not all things are beneficial. Remember this. Yahweh gave Adam one wife. A man who is truly going to be one is going to have a hard time being one with somebody if he is divided in heart between multiple wives. Um, Paul says a leader and an elder has to be the husband of one wife only. The reason being, you there's something... in of a pure heart with somebody who just has the one wife. You're connected to somebody and you form a relationship that's more closely parallel to what Yeshua, Jesus, and our relationship is supposed to mimic. And so you learn purity and how to beat your lustful flesh and how to develop this dove's eyes, so to speak, relationship where you only have eyes for each other in a way that emulates what we are supposed to have with God. So while it is lawful, for a man to take multiple wives if they're not siblings and not any of these near of kin, it's not always beneficial. The same thing being suing, that's what Paul was talking about in that chapter. I'm sorry, I'm going to make a little side note to, to explain this here. Many people go to court and sue. And it is lawful if someone has wronged you. But that's what Paul is saying. All things are lawful, not all things are beneficial. Because what does it do to your heart when you get embroiled in legal battles? It hardens your heart, makes you bitter, and you forget how to be forgiving and merciful and how to pray for the sinner because you just become angry at what they've done. And there's so many instances of this I could I could point out. Um, but we have to remember, just because something was lawful doesn't mean it's beneficial. Remember, Moses permitted divorce on the grounds of adultery. But even Yeshua says he permitted divorce from that uncleanness, and it was a spiritual uncleanness only. He said, just because of the hardness of our hearts. Because ultimately, when you make a vow to someone, and that you will be there in good times and bad, what you have to remember is that your vow was to pray for that person and be there for that person to help them get to the other side, to make it to the kingdom of God, to help them overcome this flesh. And sometimes you have to separate yourself in your heart 
from being their spouse or from being their whatever it would be, their daughter, their wife, whatever it would be. You have to separate yourself and look at them from God's eyes as a person in danger of hellfire, as a person trapped by Satan in the land, quote, of Egypt still. And so even though it would be lawful for you to leave your spouse in those situations, the people that I have seen who grow closer to God and are therefore the most blessed are those who stay with the person and help them overcome their struggle and their sin. And so I just wanted to point that out in relation to this verse. While it is lawful, you can't tell somebody other than God's law. And Yahweh God said, you know, you could have multiple wives. But when you look at the fact that he gave Adam one, that Paul says any elder should only have one, and there's other instances in the scripture that show this, we should be learning how to be one with God. With that, so it's not the, ben, the most, beneficial, most beneficial thing. If you think about it, you're going to be divided in heart. You can't love two people equally. I, I couldn't love two men equally, right? You just It's just not going to happen. And you see in the Bible that doesn't happen. They always had a favorite. That's not really what God wanted. But I think he allowed some of these things to test our hearts. So, okay, let's keep reading. Verse 19. Also, you shall not approach a woman to uncover her nakedness as long as she, as she is in her customary impurity. That's her menstrual cycle. Moreover, you shall not lie carnally with your neighbor's wife to defile her with her. Defile yourself with her. Okay, so, duh, don't commit adultery. <laughs> and you shall not let any of your descendants pass through the fire to Molech, nor shall you profane the name of your God, your Elohim, I am Yahweh. So, this is doing like pagan practices, the fire, the, the there was a, there was a practice where they would pass their children through this fire to Molech. You know, if they sacrificed their children, then they thought they got blessings and he heard their prayers. You'll see a story of that as we get um, farther on in scripture where one of the kings of, I believe it was Midian, did that and brought great, great wrath of God upon himself and his nation. Verse 23. 22, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It's an abomination. So that is talking about a homosexuality. And again, let me just point out here for you who struggle how to share with homosexuals. It is not that God doesn't want that sinner saved. It is that that sin separates them from God and it's a huge abomination. Remember I told you a few podcasts back that these are the, um, when um, Acts 15, when they're listing the four commandments, they, they come from this section, Leviticus 17 and 18. It's called the heart of Torah. And it's teaching you how to even enter the presence of God. It doesn't, those, those four commands don't even include like honoring your mother and father and doing all sorts of things. So we know there aren't the only four laws for the Gentiles, but they're a starting place to even enter his presence. And one of the rules is against sexual morality. And right here, we're told very, very strongly that you um, are not to be a homosexual. And so people who will argue that and say, well, I was just born this way. Why would God do that to me? No, they weren't born that way. So what you have to remember is that we are to battle our flesh and overcome Every single person has a different battle. Some people are tempted by Satan to become homosexual. Some people are tempted by Satan to become haters. Some people are tempted by Satan to become bullies. Some people are tempted by Satan with addiction. Every single person has a different struggle. It doesn't make the struggle okay. So people who are alcoholics, people who are drug addicts, it's the same thing as homosexuality. Their brains were opened I mean, if we look at the physiological part of it, which takes away so much of spiritual, so I don't even want to really do it, but I just want to point out here, there are biological indicators, but I believe that's generational curses to which we've opened up, right? The demons attack those weak areas. And it is through the blood and name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, that we are saved from that and we overcome it. 
every single person's battle is different. It doesn't make it okay. In fact, the argument I used to use, which now California blew that up in my face, I used to say, what do you think about pedophilia? And every person I've encountered (laughs) said it was sick and disgusting. I said, right, but those pedophiles think it's natural for them to be attracted to children, but we can tell it's disgusting and wrong, okay? And so just because you don't recognize what you're doing as wrong, if God says it's wrong, it's wrong. And you were not born that way. You are struggling against a demon that is trying to convince you of a lie. And there is hope for you. And there is freedom for you on the other side if you accept the blood of Yeshua. And it's not that you're any less of a person. And it's not that your struggle is any less important to God. He wants to save you from it. It is just an abomination to him. And sexual morality is really strong It's a strong aversion to him because it's so much lust of the flesh. And so that is the way I share with my homos, with the people I know that are homosexuals. In fact, I've had two of them just give me hugs. (laughs) They, they, they say, I know you love me right now and you're sharing from your heart, right? But it's scripture, right? It's not just my heart, but they knew I didn't hate them because I presented it as what it was. This is Satan deceiving them. No, they are not. They are not, they don't have to be homosexual. It is not how they were born. A drunk is not born a drunk. An alcoholic is not born an alcoholic is what I should say. Um, A drug addict is not born a drug addict. They made a choice to open up to a temptation. Satan constantly tempts us. God gives us the way out, but we have to resist Satan. So as soon as you give in to that and you agree with the thought, oh, well, I do find the same sex attractive, then you've opened up your heart to that. Instead, you need to rebuke it and overcome it with the word of God. Quote scripture at Satan and he flees just like Jesus did in the wilderness. Yeshua. Okay, so that I just wanted to point out that verse there. And I know it was a long explanation, but um, it really does. So many Christians struggle at how to share messianic struggle with how to share with these people who say, well, it's just how I am. No, it's not. Okay. And right here, you shall not do it, right? You're not to lie with a man as you would with a woman. That means not to have sex with him in the same way. It's an abomination. Nor shall you mate with any animal (laughs) to defile yourself with it. Okay. Yuck. Nor shall any woman stand before an animal to mate with it. It's perversion. Seems uh, (laughs) pretty self-explanatory. However, There's a reason it's written, because some people are tempted by it. And I've just heard of one, what, two weeks ago. So, crazy. Do not defile yourselves with any of these things, for by all of these the nations are defiled, which I am casting out before you. So don't do it. For the land is defiled, therefore I visit the punishment of its iniquity upon it, and the land vomits out its inhabitants. Hmm, I wonder what's going to happen to America. We are given over to this perversion right now of sexual morality. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Now, this land isn't holy. The holy land is over in Israel. But God's people are going to get vomited out of here and we're going to go back. <laughs> and I can prove that in scripture. But it's uh, something to think about. Why are we being cast out of here? Why is God calling us back? Because his promise was to restore us to the land of Israel. Jew and Gentile. It says in Ezekiel. Just read Ezekiel 47 if you want to argue with me. <laughs> Ezekiel 47. But Ezekiel 40 to the end. Chapters 40 to the end has really good information about when Yeshua returns. Um, Zechariah has some great stuff in there. And Zechariah talks about Yeshua putting his, I think Zechariah 14 talks about Yeshua putting his foot returning on the Mount of Olives with his saints at the end of the tribulation, at the end of that battle. So 
some good things to think about. I'm jumbling up a lot of scripture. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I need to stay a little bit more focused. Um, okay, verse 26. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments and shall not commit any of these abominations, either any of your own nation or any stranger who dwells among you. So any blood Israelite or any Gentile. For all these abominations the men of the land have done who were before you, and thus the land is defiled. Lest the land vomit you out also when you defile it as it vomited out the nations that were before you. For whoever commits any of these abominations, the persons who commit them shall be cut off from among their people. So God is going to enact some kind of judgment, whether it be a skin disease, something, where they couldn't be with their people or even kill them. Therefore, you shall keep my ordinance so that you do not commit any of these abominable customs that, which, are, which were committed before you and that you do not defile yourselves by them. I am Yahweh, your Elohim. So there you have it. Do not do those things. <laughs> have a blessed day, everyone.